Hello, this is Carl Mailer from the Let's Talk Sports podcast. Are you one of the many people like me who love to voice their opinions? Then, well, the Anchor app is for you. Me, myself, I love using the Anchor app because I love voicing my opinion about everything sports. If you would like to get started on your own podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash start to make your own podcast. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Let's Talk Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Mailer, the voice of podcasting, where we talk all things sports. Now, I know you guys um, saw this yesterday, um, some breaking news, uh, news that I did not see coming either, uh, more NFL news for you guys this morning, that Earl Thomas, that's right, Earl Thomas, the one of the best players that Seattle had when the Legion of Boom was around, Earl Thomas is heading to the Baltimore Ravens. He's going from the NFC to the AFC. There was a lot of speculation, and I know I talked about this yesterday on yesterday's uh, broadcast. There was a lot of speculation, and I had mentioned it, that Earl Thomas wanted to play in Dallas because Earl Thomas is from Texas. Like a lot of these guys that are in the league, a lot of these guys... uh, Played ball in Texas. Uh, you look at Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray uh, was a high school football player in uh, Texas. He was undefeated as a Texas quarterback. And then he ended up going to the University of Oklahoma, two-way sport player. He played uh, baseball and he played, uh, obviously, f- uh, football. And the interesting thing about Kyler Murray is that if he goes in the first round, of the NFL draft, which he most likely will. He will be the first player ever in the history of sports to be drafted both in the first round of the MLB draft and in the first round of the football draft. And I have honestly, I have nothing against two-way players. I mean, a lot of guys have tried to do it in the past. You look at guys like Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson played baseball and football. And then you look at guys like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan played basketball and baseball. Now, Michael Jordan didn't have a good career in baseball, and that's why he kind of probably went back into the basketball world. But I'm just saying, there's nothing wrong with two-way players in the world of professional sports. But Oral Thomas, ladies and gentlemen, is going to the Baltimore Ravens. Kind of shocking news to me. I did not even consider Baltimore to be a landing spot for Oral Thomas. I do think now... With the addition of Earl Thomas, and they also signed Mark Ingram to a uh, to a contract as well, and I think that's a huge deal for for the Ravens because the Ravens really, since they lost Ray Rice uh, many years ago, they haven't really had a true running back, so to speak, a true running back they can commit to to handle the handle the runs. They haven't really had a true running back. So now it's going to be interesting to see what in the world that they do with uh with Mark Ingram. I do think that Baltimore has an upgrade, so to speak, as far as the talent wise, because now with the addition of Earl Thomas, your defense got better because of the losses that you have suffered in the free agency with C.J. Mosley and Terrell Suggs. And your running back uh, 
depth chart got better with Mark Ingram. Because granted, Mark Ingram is still young. He's 29 years old. And, and, and a lot of people say that the running back position, especially in the NFL, uh, it tends to get a little watery when the running backs get into their 30s. But proving it last year was Adrian Peterson, who Washington signed yesterday to a two-year, $8 million deal to re-sign him, I should say, uh, because Adrian Peterson rushed for over 1,000 yards. And for him to do that at when he was in, last year in the league at 33, and he's going to be turning 34 next week. That's huge. That is huge for a guy like Adrian Peterson. And I'm actually, you know, I'm actually happy that Adrian Peterson got re-signed by Washington because Adrian Peterson can be uh, sort of that mentor and share his knowledge of the game for a guy like Darius Geis. And for anyone who does not know about who Darius Geis is, he is a uh, All-American running back from the University of LSU. And Washington selected him in last year's draft in the second round. And honestly, when I I knew once we took Darius guys, he was going to he was going to replace uh, the running backs that we had on the the roster. The starter we had, I believe, last year uh, or the year prior before we took guys in the draft, I want to say was Rob Kelly. Uh, his nickname was Fat Rob. I want to say that was our starter. I can't really remember. And, and ever since we lost Alfred Morris, uh, and Alfred Morris did some great things for Washington in his uh, short career stint that he had in, in in Washington, Washington really hasn't had a true running back. And since they got Darius Geis, who I know for sure is going to be the lead running back going forward in, in, in the future for Washington, uh, he did suffer a torn ACL in the first preseason game this past season against the Patriots. So really, I'm so glad that Washington is bringing back Adrian Peterson because like I just was mentioning, Adrian Peterson can sort of be that mentor. He can share his knowledge to Darius guys about, you know, how to prepare for things, how to do this, how to do that, and how to come back from ACL because anyone remembers, Adrian Peterson did tear his ACL once in his career and the year he came back from his ACL, Adrian Peterson, I, and I don't want to say that he did. I can't really remember. But I want to say that Adrian Peterson did win comeback player of the year, and he came back stronger than ever. And look what Adrian Peterson is still able to do almost at the age of 34 years old. So I'm happy about that. But I do think, I do think that the Ravens are going to still, they, they might provide some competition in the AFC North. And like I was mentioning yesterday, I do not I do not expect I do not expect the Bengals at all to be competitive. The Bengals don't really have any offense to them and really I don't know what they have on defense. So I do not expect the Bengals to compete in that AFC North. The Steelers are kind of an up and down situation. I do think that now that you look at a guy like Juju Smith Schuster who has to be who sort of just has to insert himself as the true number one receiver. And that I think that's going to be a little bit of an issue going forward for right now, for the time being, because really, uh, James Washington, you know, he had sort of what you would call a rookie year. He had his ups, he had his downs. But is James Washington going to be able to help take some of that pressure off of Juju Smith-Schuster? Because clearly when Big Ben goes back to pass, he's going to try to look for Juju 
going down the field. And there's probably going to be sometimes double coverage, triple coverage on Juju. So it's going to be fun to see what happens in Pittsburgh as far as with the with the receiver situation. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what in the world Pittsburgh does about that because really, do they try to go after a, re- a receiver in the draft? I don't. I don't know what what their plan what their plan is. I, but it is going to be fun to see. Excuse me, what they do in the in the draft and going forward. But I will say this, and I said this yesterday, and I'm going to uh, re say it again. The Cleveland Browns, and I tweeted this yesterday. The Cleveland Browns. Are by I'm sorry, I tweeted that two days ago. The Cleveland Browns are by far, they should be by far the clear AFC North favorite to win the division. And I wouldn't see why not. You got a, a running back in Nick Chubb, tight end in David Njoku, Baker Mayfield under center. And like I was mentioning yesterday, I think the Cleveland Browns finally hit a home run with this one with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback going forward for the future of the franchise. Because really, you know, everyone wants to see, I think, Cleveland succeed now. Because Cleveland was one of the hottest, hottest football teams last year. And if I was a contending team in the playoffs, going into the playoffs last year, I would have been afraid to play Cleveland if I knew I was going up against them in a, in a on a weekend. Cleveland is just going to be a dangerous football team. I don't know how it's going to mix in with Odell and Jarvis Landry. But when you got a tight end who who can play real well, when you got two really fast receivers who can play real well, you're you're you have a you have a total package of X, Y, and Z. So the them those three alone for Baker Mayfield, it's going to open up a lot of uh situations that Cleveland, it's probably going to score. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't know how it's going to play out. I hope it plays out well for for Odell. Uh, I hope Odell has a successful uh, stint with the Cleveland Browns. And I don't know if I mentioned this yesterday. I just, I don't see Odell staying the rest of his career in Cleveland. Especially if Odell has some big, big, gigantic numbers I don't see Odell staying in Cleveland because Odell's going to want a contract. And I like most good players in the league, they're going to want a contract to prove that they were worth the money. And Odell has proven in the past that he can be a top elite receiver. Not saying that he isn't because Odell is a very elite receiver. It's just going to be interesting to see what Odell does going forward with this stint with the Cleveland Browns. It's, uh, and, and like I was telling you guys yesterday, this offseason uh, for the NFL is the best offseason by far in the history, in, in the realm of professional sports. I mean, baseball has its moments. Basketball surely has its moments. But the NFL, it it never it never surprises you. It, well, I shouldn't say that. It does surprise you. It surprises you every single year when the NFL offseason hits. So it's going to be fun to see what happens going forward. You know, uh, one of the things, guys, that I, I, I realized with the whole... 
with the whole situation with Antonio Brown is, you know, I, I really think that the Steelers, they did not want to have that contract on them with Antonio Brown. Because honestly, you look at the difference. Look what Oakland received for getting Antonio Brown compared to what Cleveland got for getting Odell. The 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 Giants now have two first round picks. They have the sixth round pick, I believe, in the first round, and now they have the seventeenth pick because that was I, I want to say that was I want to say Cleveland had uh the seventeenth pick in the draft. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but and, and it was interesting. I saw this thing pop up on my phone. Uh, when I woke up this morning, this had happened from last night, that the Giants are interested. And this is going to throw a little bit of a curveball if the Giants were to pursue this. The Giants are supposedly interested in getting Josh Rosen. And anyone who knows Josh Rosen knows that his rookie year last year in Arizona was not the best year. I don't think he had the right coaching staff. I don't think he had the right uh, – he definitely did not have the right head coach, especially if they let him go after one season. I, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Josh Rosen because obviously Kyler Murray is a, is being reported to go number one to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I don't know how much of that is true. I do, I do see that uh, Kyler is probably going to go number one. Because uh, there was a reporter that asked him yesterday at his pro day. And anyone who did not watch his pro day, uh, try to find the highlights of Kyler Murray's pro day. I understand that Kyler was not going up against any defense whatsoever. Uh, but if you can find the clips, the clips should might be on the NFL's YouTube page. Uh, it was on the NFL Network yesterday. It uh, started about 145. I They probably, and I, and I want to say that the... The pro day for Oklahoma started at 10 o'clock. They just didn't broadcast anything until 1.45 when Kyler Murray was starting to throw. But looking at his passes, and I and I tweeted this yesterday on both my Twitter feeds for my podcast page and my, and my official uh, Twitter feed, that Kyler Murray has an A-plus arm talent. And, and, and I was just basing that off of, okay, the, the way he was, his precision on his passes, um, some of the passes, it looked like he did overthrow a little bit, which is expected for uh, for a young man going into the NFL. But Kyler Murray, great, great arm talent. And I think he's going to be a precision passer in in the NFL. I, I, and I still want to say that Dwayne Haskins is probably above him as far as the top quarter, quarterbacks available just because Dwayne Haskins is more of your uh, – more of your quarterback type. He's more of your. I don't know how to. I don't know how to word that. But he's he's more of your average quarterback. You know, to stand in the pocket and throw the ball. Uh, you really hardly will see Dwayne Haskins take off and run. And this is the kind of thing that worries me a, a little bit about Kyler Murray. Is uh, and, and we saw it with uh, RG three when RG three was coming into the NFL. Uh, before RG3 got drafted, uh, before Washington, what they did, um, 
you look at what RG3 did in college, and I think this is part of the reason why RG3 probably does not play anymore, even though he is on the Baltimore Ravens uh, depth chart at the quarterback position. You look at what happened to RG3 in college when he was at the University of Baylor. He suffered two ACL injuries. And, and this is the thing about mobile quarterbacks, and this is one of the things I, I – I don't really like about mobile quarterbacks is when they get outside of the pocket and try to get, you know, a, a big play out of, out of something and they get hit. You got to risk, you got to watch the risk of injury. And this is the thing, Kyler Murray, he is a real fast. And I think, and, and like I was mentioning at the beginning of this broadcast, I, I think that the whole two way sports uh, thing, I do not have anything against uh, any college athlete, trying to play two-way sports because there's probably a lot of them out there. There's probably just a lot of them out there that do not get any recognition whatsoever. But one of the big things about Kyler Murray is he's got some speed. And I think with baseball, that helped him get that speed. Uh, it, it, I, I just worry that he could possibly get injured if, you know, when he scrambles out of the pocket and, and tries to get a first down, and they 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 teach it nowadays, you know, obviously the NFL is all about protecting the quarterback, and I have nothing against that. But I do think the NFL is trying to take away some of the some of the the common things of the NFL that used to make the NFL fun to watch because recently at times, at times, the NFL has not been fun to watch. One of the things I'm happy they brought back was the touchdown celebrations. I'm happy they brought back that. And here's another thing about that. I was reading something that the NFL committee is considering banning the players from the sidelines going to join the players that are on the field. It, let's just say a, the, a defense makes a turnover. And you know how all the guys like to pose in front of the cameras that are there taking pictures of the game. The NFL is considering banning that? That is the most ridiculous thing to do. I, I would say this. If the players on the sideline that aren't playing on – on defense, want to come join if it's an offensive player or even, hell, even special teams. If they want to come join the the defensive unit after the defense gets a turnover for a group celebration picture, posing, whatever, my, my let them do it. The, the NFL is – let the guys have fun. They get paid to do what they love, and that's play football. Let the guys have fun. Let them enjoy what they are doing. But back to the whole Kyler Murray situation. This, th this is going to be a tricky thing for the, for the Cardinals because, like I was mentioning yesterday too, Cliff Kingsbury is obviously attached to the to Kyler Murray because he wanted Kyler Murray coming out of high school. It didn't work out. He wanted Kyler Murray when Kyler Murray was transferring. It didn't work out. And Cliff Cleansbury doesn't did not have a successful record coaching-wise in, in college. And I wish him nothing but the best for the Arizona Cardinals. I and like I was mentioning yesterday, I'm going to mention it again this morning. I do not expect uh Arizona to be competitive in the AFC in the NFC West. That that division is just too it's too jam packed. You got the the Rams who are coming off of a of a ugly Super Bowl loss, and I think that's gonna you know motivate them to do even better this year. 
you got the San Francisco 49ers who I thought were actually going to do something until Jimmy Garoppolo went down with the torn ACL. So I'm I'm not going to say that the 49ers are going to be a surprise team by no means, but I'm just saying you might have to watch out for the 49ers. Um this year they could they could possibly be a surprise team but if i had to rank if i had to rank that division from from the fir- from from 1 to 4 uh clearly i'm going to give the rams number 1 i'll give seattle 2 uh the 49ers 3 and the cardinals 4 that that's my rankings for them in that division i just it's hard to see what the cardinals are trying to plan to do it's hard to see if they are going to go with a quarterback at number one, which they might most likely will, um, because a lot of people have projected Nick Boza to go number one, and if he doesn't go one, then they have the 49ers taking him at two. It's just it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Josh Rosen, because like I was mentioning a couple minutes ago, Josh Rosen is supposedly getting some interest from the New York Giants. And the New York Giants also stated yesterday that they still plan to go with Eli Manning as their starting quarterback next year into the new season. Now, here's the thing, and it's been talked about the like the last couple of seasons, really, is the Giants have to find their heir apparent quarterback because Eli Manning does not play like he used to play. And I think the only reason why Eli Manning is still in this league is one of the reasons is because he beat the New England Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. Because here's an interesting fact. I was watching Undisputed, uh, some of its broadcasts from yesterday, and uh, Skip Bayless brought up a good point. He said that in the five years, in the five years that Odell Beckham was on that football team, they only went to the playoffs once. That's huge. Even when you got a guy like Saquon Barkley, and and I knew Saquon was going to run away with the rookie of the year, and, and rightfully so. Saquon Barkley is going to be a tremendous player in the NFL. He's going to be, he's probably going to be a monster. And I think when it comes time for Saquon to get his contract uh, situation, it's going to be a little tricky situation for the Giants because. It depends on how how much cap space is going to be given to the NFL when that time does come. But I'm just saying it could be a tricky situation. I don't I I don't count on it, but I'm just saying it could possibly be a tricky situation. But you know, Eli it, that 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 was a tough statistic for me to hear about for for Odell to have only gone to the playoffs once. And in his five-year tenure with the Giants, and and the Giants had, the Giants had a losing record with Odell off and on the field. I I, I can't really remember the numbers, but I want to say that Odell, without Odell on the field, the Giants were six and fifteen without Odell. And remember, Odell has missed some time. He has not played a full sixteen. Uh, he has not played his whole career. He has not played a whole 16 uh, game season because he has suffered some uh, some injuries. And I want to say that Odell, with Odell on the field, the Giants were 24 and 35 because everyone remembers that that time they did make the playoffs. What did Odell do? Odell took a bunch of other receivers from 
other teams, and he went down to South Beach, Miami on a boat. And what happened in that playoff game against Green Bay? Odell did not show up. And like I said, I, I it, this could possibly be a good wake-up call for, for Odell going to Cleveland. Uh, the market is obviously smaller from New York to Cleveland, but I, I, I just I want I hope that all works out for Odell. I, I'm kind of happy too that that the NFC East doesn't have to deal with Odell twice a year, but now we have to deal with Deshaun Jackson again. And I forgot to mention that yes, I, I might have mentioned it yesterday. Deshaun Jackson is coming back to his first team that he got drafted by in the Philadelphia Eagles, and even at the age of 32. Deshaun Jackson has still got top-notch speed. There's just something about Deshaun Jackson that scares me because he can still take the tops off defenders. Even with what Washington did getting Landon Collins and, and the young prospects we have at the safeties at the safety and corner positions, Deshaun Jackson still scares me. And I still think he's going to have a big year with, with, with Carson Wentz. I don't know what their situation is as far as a running back, but th- that scares me. That re- that really does. That absolutely scares me. Uh, any baseball fans out there, baseball is going to be coming back in about two weeks. I- I'm excited for that opening day. I, I can't wait to see what happens. Um, I- I- I'm really hoping that my Atlanta Braves can still contend and still uh, defend their NFC, their I'm sorry, not their NFC, their NL East crown that they won last year. Um, if I had to rank that division, uh, I, 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 I'm obviously going to be giving Atlanta first, uh, Philly second, the the Mets third. Uh, I'm going to put the Marlins of, in front of the Nationals just because – I actually, no, the Na- the Marlins are going to stay down at the bottom, and I'm going to give the Nationals fourth. I just don't know what's going on with the Nationals or the Marlins. But, guys, opening day is in two weeks, so be ready for that. The, AC- the NCAA tournament is soon to kick off. We're just having to get through the, the conference tournament uh, like I reminded you, the ACC tournament has already been underway, but tomorrow's game is really what is important as Carolina takes on, I want to say they take on Louisville. Uh, I think Notre Dame was playing Louisville to see who plays Carolina, but I want to say that uh, from what I read on the Twitter feed, it is going to be Louisville, so just watch out for that tomorrow night. Oh, actually, I'm sorry, not tomorrow night, it is tonight. Because I want to say the championship game for the ACC tournament is a Saturday. They're actually not doing it on a Sunday this year, which is quite surprising. So I want to say it's on a Saturday. I want to thank you guys for tuning in today, this morning, to the Let's Talk Sports podcast. As always, I'm your host, Carl Miller, the voice of podcasting, where we talk all things sports.